Welcome to the MMB Lifestyle Podcast, a lifestyle podcast where we learn about, share, and discuss topics around health, fitness, and personal development. My name is Mundia, and I will be your host. Hello, listeners, and welcome to today's episode of the MMB Lifestyle Podcast. I am honored to bring to you another guest. So I have an interview uh, with Kat and a background about how Kat and I met. So she was one of the instructors of the CrossFit L1 trainer course that I attended in Zurich. I think this was uh, last year. And I was totally inspired by Kat because not only was she so enthusiastic and full of energy, which was so contagious, but she's also super strong. So <laughs> I was already, you know, looking forward to our session together. And, you know, we chatted a little bit during the weekend as well on some topics a little bit out of uh, not only what was uh, the the program for the seminar. And she's also a flow master for the CrossFit uh, seminar staff. And she works in consulting for leadership and team development. And without further ado, Kat, welcome to today's interview. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Mundia. It's my absolute pleasure. Great. Looking forward to this. Now, tell us a little bit more about your background. Where are you from? So, uh, Mundia, I'm from Vienna, Austria, which is not so far away from Zurich. And I'm living here my whole life. And what was it like growing up there? You know, have you always been involved in sport and other activities? I've actually, I always like to move, but I've never been involved in a particular sport. Like I've, I didn't have a, <clears throat> I like to play a little bit of volleyball when I was younger, but I'm kind of short, if you remember. So the journey was cut short quickly. And then the same thing happened with basketball. And we quickly saw that I'm not growing anymore. So, but I've never been deep into that, uh, at, like whatsoever. So I always like to move and I literally can't sit still. So I'm always like shivering, like going back and forth and moving. And yeah, and growing up here in Vienna, it's the biggest city that we have in Austria but it's still not that big. It's 2 million people. Um, most of the things that I've been able to do, I was able to reach by walking there. So a lot of stuff is walking distance. Public transport is very well established. So all the things that I wanted to do, I just hopped on a train and I went there. Um, and also I was in school for like forever. So I think that's basically, that's basically it. And you mentioned that you like to move and you can actually see it. Like I can literally feel your energy. You should be in, in Kat's presence, you guys, when you're around her, literally either you're going to be smiling or you're going to be moving one of the two. <laughs> so it's, it's always a pleasure to be, to be around you. Now you currently, you know, work as a um, CrossFit trainer and coach. And however, before that you worked in a different industry before you transitioned, what industry were you in uh, previously? And how did you get into the physical fitness space? I, um, when I graduated from high school, I um, didn't know what to do. So I picked one of the three things that were obvious, obvious meaning the people that I surrounded myself with. And everybody who went to school either became a doctor, studied law, or went into business and economics. And the way I went about it was um, medicine, I can't see blood. So... That may not be for me. And then law was too dry. And then I picked 
you know, being in limbo, I picked the third one. So I picked business and economics for the only reason that I did not know what else to do. And I didn't look left or right. And then at the beginning, I did not enjoy that process at all. And then halfway through my studies, luckily, I'm like, okay, I actually like all of these number crunching and that stuff. So I, yeah, so I specialized in, um, oh my, oh God, it's totally different. Of <laughs> so, so much time went by. I, I specialized in um, corporate finance and, and risk management. And risk management. Okay. That's great to hear. And when did the transition, you know, happen into the physical fitness space? <laughs> or were you always been active throughout your, your corporate career kind of? Actually, yes. And you know, what's the funniest thing before I finished school. So I finished school at um, 18, 19. And um, I said, okay, when I finish school, I want to move again. Cause I was in a full day, like a, a boarding school, although I didn't live at school, I went home every day, but I was there until like 6 PM. And then there was just a lot of studying and sitting down on my butt. So I said, the very moment I finish school, I'll go and sign up and go to a global gym. And then the first thing I ever wanted to be able to do was run for a whole hour on um, on a machine. There was the first goal. And I'm like, wow, if you can do that, that must be outstanding. And then my mom, for my 20th birthday, she gave me a um, spinning instructor education that was a weekend wow that is some birthday gift my friend <laughs> yes and I, so awesome. I was in school and I was all about you know business and economics and I'm gonna wear a suit until the end of my days mm-hmm. and my mom gave me this present I'm like that's weird but I like it and I have and then I did that weekend and then somebody's a friend of her uh, was a spinning instructor already. And she said, Hey, I'm going on vacation. Can you fill in for my class? And oh, well, I, guess <laughs> I should go to at least one class before I teach a class. Yes. <laughs> um, so I did that. And that's actually how it started. And you know, what's the funniest piece about this Te- over 10 years later, mm-hmm. I asked my mother why she gave me that present. And what did she say? It was I came up to the state, I can't believe, I can't believe, like, it's so smart. And she looked at me and she said, you know, I had the hope that if you go on and do that kind of stuff and you like it, you will not go out and party anymore. <laughs> okay. And she was so right. And it's so, because she was so right. And that was, that's how I started uh, teaching. Okay. Coaching. That is fantastic. Yeah. And she had such a good, uh, like, sixth sense about that that could be something that that might bring me joy. And from there on, you know. And then I finished my studies. I went and worked in tax advisory and auditing. And that was boring. And then I switched to banking. And that was boring. And then I was 29. And I thought, okay, so if it keeps going the way that it is right now, I'm probably not going to be my happiest because I don't like to sit and do all, and the, you know what I really enjoyed the most about the business part? I really enjoyed working with clients in tax advisory and in uh, corporate finance. That's what I like the most. The number crunching, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Um, 
And I started coaching next to that. And when I had the feeling that I had established enough knowledge and experience coaching next to my job, that's when I said, all right. You're ready to make the transition. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. And so that was that more you started off with, you know, spinning. And how did you get into CrossFit? Because CrossFit is slightly different from, you know, spinning classes or so. How did you get into CrossFit? Slightly different. So a friend of mine, I know her from school, and she said, hey, my cousin opened up a CrossFit box. Do you want to come along? And that was May 2010. Okay. And I'm still with the same box. I'm still with the same people wow. there 10 years later. That is fantastic. And not only that, you know, you're also now teaching and uh, things like that. Can you tell us a little bit more about the various, you know, CrossFit certificates that you can get as a trainer and things like that, that you give as well? Yeah. So I teach level one and level two seminars. And there is, uh, as of right now, there are four different levels. There's one, two, three, four. And the first two can be taught in a weekend seminar. That's something that you would do with me. And level three and level four look a little bit different, but those are the four that you can um, do and and, um, work on in your CrossFit journey. And do you only do classes or do you also do one-on-one coaching, for example? Do you have individual clients or only group? I have both. I do groups more regularly. And most of the one-on-one stuff that I do, I'm a firm believer in the autonomy of a person. And I think it's very, very beneficial that you have a coach. I also think that there's benefit to going to group classes because it's fun. So I'm totally going against my business, but most of the time I tell people, you know what, you go sign up to a gym that you like and you go to the group class because you'll make friends and it's fun and There's, you know, this whole positive thing to it. And if you want to have technical feedback on your lifts, on your burping, on your box jumps, on whatever it is, then send me a video. Or then get a one-on-one with me. And the going to a, a kind of a class as well, it helps with additional, you know, not only getting that community spirit, but accountability, right? Because you're looking forward every week or so to seeing this group of people and catching up. Under um, underestimated things, I believe, because the drive that you get from a group that you, Mundia, tell me, okay, tomorrow is 6 p.m., and then maybe at 5 p.m., I don't feel like training, but I said yes to you, so I'm going to be there. And then we start the workout, and I look at me, I'm like, oh, my God, there's running, so I better do everything else really, really fast, because once we run, she's going to take over. Oh, no, I love that. And the friendly competition aspect of it, right? I also sometimes, when I do do workouts, I sometimes, you know, you look to the person, you know, to your left or your right, or that's close by, and they help to push you on and, and keep going, you know, and to go harder and faster. And it, it's always such good fun. Such good fun. 100%. And I'm super honest about it. When the workout is over, I tell those people, you know what, all I tried is not to go, not to have you run away from me so so much if you were ahead of me i give you one round ahead of me no more no more and i have this going on and it doesn't matter who's next to you but i will pick one person i look to because it makes it harder and then later on i tell them and i tell them hey i really appreciate it because i was hanging in there it was not easy at all 
And coaching is also, you know, one of the things that you do, and I'm sure you, you absolutely enjoy it, of course, because you wouldn't do it if you didn't. What do you find frustrating about coaching? Because it can't be all good all the time, right? There must be some things that frustrate you. Can you share maybe, you know, one thing with us? Definitely, definitely. So what frustrates me the most is when I notice that I get tired with people. And that happens when I coach too many classes. And then I have to check in with myself and make sure that I give the exact same energy in the first and the last class. And if I notice that my energy is degrading, then I need to change something during the day before I start coaching so that I actually have the energy for all, I don't know, two, three, four classes, whatever it is that you're, that you're doing. Um, oh, and I got one more. Very frustrating. Oh, my pet peeve. I have this amazing triplet of Charlie's Angels. These three gentlemen, I love them and they never stop talking. So talking during the sessions. <laughs> Only when I explain something. So what I did, what I did literally yesterday, they, those three were there and I love that they come to the class and um, I gave each of them a corner of the room to stand in because now obviously everything is in, in uh, squares. And I said, oh, I would really like in that corner. And, and you would really like in that corner. And then when I put the third one, last corner, they looked at me like, oh, we see what you're doing there. We're on to you. Yeah, I'm like, we're back in, like, we're back in school. I said, oh, but, but I tried to be subtle. That's, that's awesome. And now going into the more kind of technical part of training, what is your favorite lift? And can you tell us some of your PRs? I'm not sure how many of our listeners, you know, are CrossFitters or into any kind of weightlifting or Olympic weightlifting, but one of your, what are some of your favorite lifts? So my favorite lift is the back squat. Definitely all time favorite. Those of you who are listening, who don't know what that is. If you sit down and stand up from a chair, that's a squat. But just add on, add on hundred kilos there. That's, you know, and then, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I PR'd my back squat three weeks ago and that was 152 kilos. Oh my God. That's, that's pretty heavy. Was that during a mock meet or? Yes. I saw the video. You see, I follow her on Instagram, my friends. I saw the video. <laughs> I saw the video. That was awesome. That is really, really impressive. And I was also, when I was, you know, looking into your background a bit, I saw that you were a judge at the Meridian Regionals. So before the current format of qualifying for the games, they used to have the different regions and the Meridian was one, Meridian was one of the regions. And this was in 2016. And I actually went to Madrid for that regionals. It was the first regionals I attended. It was one of the best weekends of my life. I was literally like on a high from Friday to Sunday evening. And I remember seeing at the end of the, you know, on the competition floor, all the judges came on and you were taking like a group photo and um, Boz, who is like really one of the famous judges was in the front. And I remember watching, you know, all these judges on the competition floor and then I see this picture in your Instagram feed and I'm like, oh my goodness, she was there. So I just wanted to share, you know, share, you know, that with you. With I wouldn't have imagined that, you know, one of the judges that I'm seeing I'd eventually be training with or having as my trainer and then interviewing. So it, that was a moment for me when I saw that. And how was it for you being a judge at uh, the Meridian at that time? Hands down one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my entire life. Simply because standing there and knowing 
if you make the wrong call, somebody who has trained their butt off for a whole year may not get the placing they should be getting. And that can go both directions. So my heart was pounding. So I'm like, if you could see it, my, my shirt's moving because my heart is through it. And um, it was an incredible thing to experience because you must remember, there was this moment where the three Icelandic girls were going. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. There was Sarah. And it was incredible. It was yep. incredible. And I was in the I was judging the girl. I'm, I'm really sorry. I forgot her name, but I was judging the girl um, right from them. You must remember that the stadium was so loud. And I thought my my eardrums are going to explode. And I had to um, judge that girl on GHDs. And I think she had to do 20 or 40, something like this. Please don't pin me down for that. And I had to scream at the top of my lungs to make sure that she understands where she is and what she is. Yeah, it was intense. And not being able to turn around and then later on seeing the video and be like, oh, that's why everybody went so crazy. Because I didn't know. I had one job that's looking at this one person and I had no idea everybody was so freaked out. Yeah. It was an absolutely incredible experience and uh, and event. Now, just going on to the topic a little bit about uh, on the nutrition sub- subject. So the CrossFit philosophy when it comes to nutrition is summed up, you know, very simply as eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch and no sugar. Do you follow a particular way of eating when you're either training for a competition or off season or just in your daily life? I've tried a bunch of different things. And I've, um, I could talk for hours on that. So I'm trying to you know, think for a second before I start at the very beginning of time. Um, so for right now, all I care about is that most of the things that I eat are unprocessed and go bad quickly. And that is a really good gauge for myself. If it goes bad within a day or two, then it is probably vegetables and um, meat and fish. I eat those, so that's fine for me. Um, for right now, I'm not tracking my, my macros. I do that before competition, although when I prepare for powerlifting competitions, that's a weight class sport, where CrossFit is not a weight class sport, but in powerlifting, you need to be in a weight class sport. And I very purposefully choose to be in a weight class where I have so many kilos to still reach to get onto my body that um, I don't have to stress out about it because it's a hobby. In the very smart, yeah. So a very smart person said to me, and that's always in the back of my head when I think about um, nutrition, and my hobbies, and I really like nutrition, and I really like sports, and occasionally I like to compete. And that person said to me, that person is my boyfriend. <laughs> he said to Max, and Max said to me, hey, if it's costing you more energy, then you get out of it, then it's not a hobby anymore. And that really, yeah, and that really put me into 
the corner, so to say, for a second. And I realized, you know, if it's, if it's too much, then you're probably overdoing it and it goes down south. So I try, and not only I try, I eat a lot of fresh food. For now, I'm not counting macros. If I need shortly before the competition, just because it makes me more feel in control, then I do that. But I also believe that if you pick things that are, you know, the usual organic, uh, local, in season, in amounts that actually make you feel satiated, not overly um, full and not leaving you hungry, then you're you're already very well set up. And I try, I tell that people so many times. I'm like, maybe I should listen to my to my own advice. <laughs> A lot of times when we give advice, it's yeah, exactly. Probably should come back to us, right? <laughs> So definitely. So that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I want to know, do you eat chocolate? Yes, I do. Definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is something that I also, I asked like my, my current CrossFit coach as well from the box where I train, I was like, do you eat chocolate? Because <laughs> I think sometimes there's, there's this um, thing of where we think when it comes to fitness and health, we have to totally cut out certain things from our life and say, you know, you're never going to have this and things like that, which is not always realistic, you know, maybe for a short period of time, if you have a goal, but, you know, in the long term, to have that balance of enjoying some of these, you know, treats here and there, so to say, and really making it part of the, the lifestyle. I'm absolutely with you, because if you're cutting out all of these things, you're also cutting out a big part of life, which is enjoying nice things together. And you also share, you know, on Instagram, you sometimes post short videos on a particular topic about either, you know, motivation or emotional eating or whatever topic that you, and they're so interested. I'm always like watching them intrigued because there's always a, a takeaway to have. I want to know, do you plan to make these videos or do you just spontaneously decide to hop in front of the camera? <laughs> because it just seems like it just comes so naturally. <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, this is like so on. So, you know, do you plan for it or you just hop on when you feel like? sharing it's the latter i do them spontaneously and i think about it and i think about it and like oh i really want to do a video and if you saw me going through that process i think it's a weird process but i pick an idea and the idea could be for example one of the videos is emotional eating and then i have a million thoughts on that and then i literally put my phone on the on the tripod and then i pick a spot where i'm like okay this is bearable to see for everyone who watches the video so that you don't have half of the apartment with you know your your laundry hanging up to dry and that's I try to make sure that my you know that my mascara is not everywhere in my face and then we go. and then we go so the setup is about yeah so the setup is about five minutes tops okay okay but then it takes me usually about an hour and I start the camera and I start to talk about my thoughts and I'm um, somebody once called this uh, think, a speaking thinker, thinking speaker. I don't know the real word for English, but as I talk, I form my thoughts. So I just keep, I just start talking about emotional eating. And then I do that for a minute. And then halfway through, I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's not good. And then I clap my hands so that later on I know when I started and finished stop the camera then I go again I stop the camera I go again then I like it but it's too long then I go again so and that takes about an hour 
and within 30 minutes to an hour, usually I'm done and I leave it at that. I wish I had a real structured plan and everything's laid out, but it could not be farther from the truth. Well, they always, they're so relevant and so well put together, short and informative. So keep on sharing them, my friends. And if you don't follow Kat on Instagram, we're going to share more details later on towards the end of the episode on um, where you can get in contact with her or follow uh, her social media. Now, just looking ahead, do you have any plans to take part in any competitions in the near future? Anything specific that you can share with us? <laughs> Actually, going back just for a second, three weeks ago, I think three weeks ago, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I should have had a powerlifting competition and it should have been Austrian Nationals. But a week before that, um, regulations changed, so there was no competition. And the exact same thing, yeah, and the exact same thing happened to me already in March. Wow. And one week before, that's so short. Yes. So uh, in March, I knew, I think, yeah, a little over a week before. Uh, so I prepared for March for regionals. That didn't happen. Now I prepared for another six months. A week before, they said, no, that's not. And it, honestly, they canceled the competitions for all the right reasons. So that's perfectly fine but from an emotional standpoint it's really hard when you work for something and then it doesn't happen so to answer your question usually when something like this happens I give myself one day to be sorry for myself so I was sorry for myself for a day and I said nah, I'm not gonna do any competitions anymore bah. yeah <laughs> yeah and um and now I'm I'm somewhere in between and I say you know if the time is right next year, then I'll see and start preparing again. But for now, I need to take a little bit of a break competition-wise. The Open are coming. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Around the corner. <laughs> now, you, when we were doing the, um, the CrossFit L1 trainer uh, certificate that I did, you recommended a book to me and um, the book was entitled Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And I remember because we had a conversation, it was like at some point now I was mentioning how I got two less sleep the night before and you recommended this book, which I'm so grateful for because then I ordered it and like a couple of days later, you know, it was here. And, you know, I really, when reading the book, it really opened my eyes to the importance of, of sleep, you know, and what it does to us when we actually don't get enough of it. And, especially when it comes to training and recovery, you know, and what are your thoughts on sleeping, you know, when it comes to recovery, not only for training, but also just sleeping in general? It's, it's essential. It's essential. It's crucial. And there is no better recovery strategy that I have heard of or that I've seen research on that you can get on a daily basis for free. And what would you say to, for example, you know, things like coffee helps a lot, <laughs> you know, if you don't get too enough sleep as a short term solution. But I guess in the long term, it's not the best, you know, way to keep yourself alert and energized. Yeah, I love coffee. I really like drinking coffee. But, but yeah, but I make sure that I stop around noon simply because I know what effects uh, it can have. And there definitely are people that do things like have a shot of espresso and go right to sleep, but there are very few. And it would be interesting if 
if um, if you ever wondered are you one of these people or not cut it out for maybe a month and then see if your sleep improves around noon i'd say i mean give or take an hour but it would be interesting to see improves your sleep and if it doesn't well then go right back on it drink one right before you go to sleep chances but chances are that you will sleep a little better, um, sleep through, fall fall asleep a little bit easier. Just try it out for yourself. I definitely need to stop drinking coffee. Mm. Great. Now, the MMP Lifestyle Purpose is about connecting, inspiring, and empowering people to live more fulfilled lives. Who inspires you and when do you feel your best self? When are we getting Kat at her best, you know? <laughs> um, you get me at my best when I'm allowed to coach and help and support 100%. That's when I lose time. That's when I, I can be, and that's usually what I tell people who want to go into coaching. If you can be overly, excessively excited for things that seem ridiculously minor in somebody else's success and training, then this is a job for you. And if I see, somebody, yeah, and that's and that's just where where, yeah, it, there's this thing they call it flow state, and coaching puts me into that state where I lose time and space. And people that inspire me are good coaches. That's great. Thanks for, for sharing that. And what kind of an impact would you like to have on people's lives? For example, if somebody would talk about Kat, what would you like to be remembered for? You know, if you want to be remembered. So, yes, I definitely like to be remembered. And I would like to be remembered for somebody who is um, a person that you go to, to Talk about something that is on your heart and soul and mind. And that gives you open ears. That does not, where you can just put it there, the information, whatever it is. Maybe just leave it there or work on a solution if there, if it was a problem that you wanted to share. But it doesn't always have to be a problem. I love when people come over and tell me positive stuff about their life does not always have to be a problem that you don't see, right? That's so cool. So, um, and thinking, thinking a little bit further, um, I would like to be remembered as a coach. Yeah, and somebody that is, yeah, I get a lot of, I get my reward from the work that I do from people that share with me that it made a positive impact in their life and that whatever it is now works a little bit better, easier, lighter, um, and causes less trouble. Cause I truly believe that life is a hard thing to be in. Well, you definitely made a positive impact in my life and I'm truly thankful and grateful for, for that. And just in, you know, coming to the end of this interview, if you only had 24 hours to live, what would you do? And just consider that money is no object, location is no object. What would you do? I would spend it with my family and training. 
great. <laughs> that sounds like a good 24 last hours on this earth, my friends. That sounds pretty darn good. So where can people go if they want to find you, if they're interested with training um, with you or coaching or hearing more about you or working with you? So the best two options would be either you send me an email directly. That would be catherine.elias at gmail.com. And the second option that I like to use as well is the good old Instagram. Awesome. And what I will do is for your listeners, I will also put um, Kat's email and Instagram links in the description so you can go ahead directly there and contact her. And so Kat, thank you so much for taking the time for this interview. It's been my absolute pleasure and great to connect, you know, with you face to face or at least remotely, virtually. And uh, it is my honor to have had you. And thank you so much for joining the podcast episode. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It's outstanding to see the work that you do. Please keep doing what you're doing. And maybe we can do this again at some point, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We must indeed. And I'm so encouraged by your words. And for you, my dear listeners, I thank you as always from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. Please let me know what you thought about it. Give it a rating, leave a review and share it, my friends. And until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Bye for now. You have been listening to the MMB Lifestyle Podcast. For more, please visit mmblifestyle.com or you can also follow the MMB Lifestyle Instagram page at mmb.lifestyle.